Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's Stroke Awareness Month, and in this episode, I'm interviewing my friend and stroke survivor, Betty Howard. You know, sometimes in recovery, you don't necessarily feel very strong. You feel a little bit weak. So... My guest today, Betty, I, I ask her, are you stronger than stroke, Betty? I am. What are you stronger than? I am stronger than this stroke, then brain surgery, than anything that comes ahead of me. <laughs> and on that strange, stronger intro done, boom! Boom. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good about that. Neuro Nerds. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support? Well, the Neuro Nerds are here to help. Join our free USO Rock community platform to connect with other survivors like you. Once you join our community, you'll have access to free virtual events and resources to help with your brain injury recovery. You can make new friends, jump on audio chat conversations, and even join my private coaching program to get one-on-one support. So what are you waiting for? Go to community.usorock.coach. Yes, that's .coach, not .com. And join the USO Rock community today. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds! You know, the obvious running theme, very special episode. This is a very special episode for me. I am here with one of my dearest friends, Betty! What's up, Betty? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. I get to chat with you for a little bit, so that always is a highlight of my day. We've been trying to do this for a minute, and we finally made it work. I'm really, really happy about that. So, before we dive into my normal wave of idiocy, I will ask you, Betty, how did you become part of this amazing community? Well, I got to join this community on May 5th, 2018, when my brain decided to bleed. I think it was bleeding before that day because I was having signs and symptoms. But on that special day, Cinco de Mayo. It was Cinco. Oh, my gosh. That's so weird. Yes. That's so weird. Yes. Uh, It was so intense that day that I went to the hospital. I lost my left side function. Um, and that was the start of this journey. So I am a stroke wow. survivor, hemorrhagic stroke survivor and brain surgery and all that good stuff. So here I am. You are meant to be here. Like we yeah. talk about, you know, talk about all of us. Anytime we had anything happen to us and we're still here, like we're meant to be here. Absolutely. But specifically because percentages say you and I, we shouldn't be here. No, we're one in four. Right. A hundred. So let me ask you a question about having a stroke on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. When you went to the hospital, did people think that you were drunk? <laughs> That's a great question. They... Because for, for those who don't know, Cinco de Mayo is like 
it's a, a it's a it's a Mexican holiday. Yeah. And here in California, where Betty also lives here in California, it's a big drinking day. Yes. <laughs> so, you know that there are lots of alcohol related hospital visits. So, yeah, out of curiosity, what did they think when you went to the hospital? I think they were really confused by me because they were like, did you hit your head? No. Right. Did are you on birth control? No. They're like, you don't look like the type of girl who does drugs. So, I mean, they literally <laughs> said that to me, like, you don't look like that type. Okay. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a weird phrase. It would have been funny if you were like, Oh really? Look at these lines. No, 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 no. no, no really? <laughs> look closer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, they were really trying to figure out like, what is going on here? This is the health right. woman. Um, there's no trauma. So why is this happening? Right. Did they find out what it was? Like, were they like, oh, this is why the vessel ruptured? Not immediately. Um, oh, that would have so been crazy. I, so in, I don't tell this part of the story very often. When they did the whole scan, right? So they did mm -hmm. a full body scan. I'm not going to go into all the details, but there came back some details that looked like I had tumors in other oh, parts of my body. Interesting. So in their mind, they were like, she has cancer. It went to the brain. Say your goodbyes. Wow. And that's what they told my family. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They gave your family the say your final goodbyes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't tell that because, look, I'm still here five years later. Yes, I do right. not have cancer. However, that is what it looked like. And right. so when they went to my family, they said, we see this, this, and this. Um, you guys need to say your goodbyes and, and get ready for that. Wow. That is, that's shocking. Yeah. When you found that out, did you, were you just blown away? Were you like, oh, I'm thankful I'm here? Well, another fun fact of my story. So while I'm in the ER and the screen comes down of a doctor on there and he's like, mm -hmm. I need you to try to lift your left arm, lift your right arm, all that stuff. And he's like, your right. brain is bleeding. And I said, is that like an aneurysm? Because that's all I knew about bleeding brains. And he goes, right. yeah, it is. And the only knowledge I had of an aneurysm was a friend of mine, her mother had an aneurysm. She's like, mm -hmm. we were making deviled eggs. It was around Thanksgiving. She said, I went off to my friend's party. I came home. My mom is gone. Like, wow. it was so fast. Wow. So that's all that's... the knowledge I have. Right. To go off of. That must have been shocking to you because the only knowledge you had of this thing was a woman who was no longer here. Correct. Correct. Wow. So another piece of my story is I was oddly at peace. It like overwhelming peace when I was in the ER. And I mm -hmm. told my ex, I told him, I said, don't worry. If I see the light, I'm not going to go. <laughs> and I'm laughing like, you know, that's probably kind of part of all of us, too. But I'm, I'm, I told him, I said, if I see the light, I'm not going to go. So don't worry. I'm going to be here. Like I just and I had this sense of peace over. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, that could be taken a couple of different ways. It could have been taken as a threat. Hey, don't worry. If I see the light, I'm not going anywhere. That's, I'll be here. I'll you know, here. I'm going to haunt you for the rest of that's, right. that's, that's, right. that's, that. Could, depending on like the music that's playing in the background, if this was a movie, like that could be very ominous. That right? is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have it's, to put that into a movie. <laughs> so since I've known you, you've been one of the most positive people I've ever encountered. Yeah. Is this something that you've always had or is this something that has just come on after this unfortunate incident we call a hemorrhagic stroke? I think that I'm determined and I have like this push through, even though it's really hard. I have that gene, whatever that is. It's not right. always that I'm like, oh, it's going to be rainbows and sunshine and butterflies. Like, no, this is hard. This yeah. sucks. And 
I'm angry and I'm going through all the emotions. So I'm not just over here smiling. Like I'm going through all of that. But one thing I don't do is give up. I never give up no matter how hard it is. Even though I'm like, maybe I should because this sucks, you know, but I, I don't give up. I have that. Like, I'm just like, no matter what, we're going to do this thing. Right. Yeah. You have that fight. And I've seen it throughout your entire recovery from when I first met you to where, like where you were to where you are. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. It's Betty. Yeah. I've seen you in the gym now. Like you're just like throwing weights around. Yeah. What is happening here? I was like, oh my God, when we meet in person, I'm like, I'm pretty sure she could kick my ass. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm sure. I won't do that, but I will give you like a really tight hug. So when I hug, people will be like, oh, let me hug you. And I guess they think I'm going to give them this like little <laughs> delicate, like, oh, hi. And I'm like, come here. Like, and I'm just like, and then they're all thrown off by my hug. So just, you will be embraced. Good. I'm a big hugger. Also, I'm a big dude. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm six, two, I'm like two or five. Like I I'm, I'm not small. I'm assuming you're a pocket sized person. Are you a pocket sized person? I'm five, five. I'm the average. That's not, come on, man. That's not average. It's short. <laughs> I'm short. Okay. I'll take you're it. You're definitely short. To me, I, you're I'm short. Mighty. I'm mighty. And I, you in are, my you mind, are. I'm an MMA fighter, so like I'm a rapper, I'm an MMA fighter, like I have all of these things. So that's what's inside of me. So Yo, I, I see it in your gym videos. I was like, you know, she's like an MMA fighter. She's also like a nineties rapper. You know, you're like a gangster rapper. Yes. Yes. You're not like a drill rapper. You're no. not like a mumble rapper. Like you're like a thug rapper. I get it. I I, I see it. I see it in the Let's way you see. move. I see it in the way you lift. I see it in the way you train. Yeah, yeah. You got that. Um, Tupac and Biggie. That's all I have to say. Oh, see, people don't understand you youngins. Right. So speaking of the youngins, I've been saying this a lot because like I'm anti youngin now okay. because of some of the awful things that the, the youth have said. Do you want to hear the awful thing that I heard from the youth? Yes. Oh, so you went to school in the 1900s. Kind of true. You can't see our faces. We literally made the exact same face. <laughs> Kind of true, though. It is, but you don't have to say it. You know what I mean? <laughs> In the late, the late 1900s. You just don't have to say 1900s at all. You could just say, oh, the 90s. That sounds so nice. It's the greatest decade ever. Like, it's so nice. That right? is the truth right there. Pac Biggie. Hypercolor shirts. Yes. It was a good <laughs> Pogs. It, it was a good time. Beanie Babies. Come on. Yes. I love it. <laughs> it was transformative. So we, we are hemorrhagic stroke survivors. So we're the rare ones. We are one, like, I mean, you can't stretch, like numbers don't lie. Yeah. Right. You can kind of like fidget with some things and reframe things, but numbers don't lie. You and I are literally one out of four. So that means three out of four don't make it from the thing that you and I had. Right. 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 So we're meant to be here. And here's what's crazy. So you and I are roughly the same age. I think yeah. I've got you beat by a few years. I don't and think so. I don't think seriously? so. Seriously. I, I think so. I mean, I'm in my mid forties. All right. See? I'm not claiming mid yet. See, I'm just okay. saying, I'm just saying, I think I got you beat. So we had same type of stroke. Yep. Your stroke decimated one of your sides. Yes. My stroke didn't. So yeah. this is what's wild about any kind of brain injury. I don't have any physical limitations or deficits with the exception of my right hand. I get tremor sometimes like when I had exhausts and uh, things like that. Mine were like cognitive. My memory was the biggest hit, but it just shows that, you know, you never know what's going to happen with a brain injury. Like you just don't, it doesn't matter at all. And so Luke Perry, I don't know if you know this, you know, Luke Perry, the actor from 90210. Yes, I do. So he passed away two years ago ish from a hemorrhagic stroke. Oh yeah. So him and I would be today the exact same age. So roughly same age people, same types of strokes, your stroke decimated your body. My stroke, you know, cognitively like destroyed me. Right. His stroke took him out. So like the P like, you never know what's going to happen. Like it's such a strange crap shoot, you know? I have a ton of survivor's guilt. I don't know if you do. 
a lot of us do. Like, why did I make it? Why did this person not? Mm-hmm. I have a ton of survivor's guilt for those who didn't make it. I also have a ton of survivor's guilt because I don't have a lot of the physical deficits that some other people have, you know, right. like I, I look at you in your recovery and I'm like, like, I feel, you know, cause you're such a sweet person. You're such a kind person. I'm like, well, why are you struggling? And why am I walking fine? And like, why do I feel terrible? Do I even have the right to feel terrible? Because it's like this crazy, mm-hmm. just for, forgive my French. It's such a crazy mind. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it is yes. because it, it's, you know, I always tell everybody else and it's hard for me to feel it myself. Our trauma is our trauma. Like I can't compare my trauma to somebody else's. Somebody can't compare their trauma to mine. So me looking at other people's recovery and saying, oh man, you know, I just, I wish they didn't have it as bad. I don't know if they have it as bad sure. because they're, you know what I mean? Like your recovery, you're getting through it. And yes, you said you're angry and you're upset and, but you still come across as you seem even right now, big smile on your face and you seem genuinely like, like, like happy. So I can't say that my recovery is better than yours because you seem to be handling a recovery most of the time better than myself. You know, yeah. do you have those moments where you either have survivor's guilt or do you have anger towards any other survivors for not being in the position that you're in? Well, I always said I did not have survivor's mm-hmm. guilt and I don't feel guilty for being here. I know that because I know that I'm going to do something with this. I'm not just going to be, I'm here, but I have it bad because my left side doesn't work or I'm here, but I have the excuses not to, to bring light into the world. I know that I'm going to do well by this. Right. Now, when I look at other people who don't have deficits, do I go, oh man, why, why, do, why did I lose my left side, right? Right. Now, I think, honestly, I think it's harder for you than for me. And I'll tell you why. When people see me walk up, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, something happened to her. Something. Right. They may not know what it is. For you, you're, the rest of your life, you're going to have to fight with but you look so normal, Joe. You look great. I yeah. know I have a physical disability. However, I deal with the mental stuff too. If I only dealt with the mental and no one could see the physical, they wouldn't understand any of it. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So I think honestly, it's harder for you guys because at least they have some type of visual to say, oh, she did go through something for you. What do you mean you went through something? You look, but you look so I'm doing quote fingers here. You look so normal. You do look so normal. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Actually, we're a little crazy. Okay. (laughs) I gotta tell you, we've known each other a while. We're not a little anything. We're a lot crazy. (laughs) We are. And. When it comes to normal, there's, I don't think there's a such thing as normal. Like I really don't, you know? And also if we're just saying baseline, just normal, regular, whatever words you want to use, we are, it's just a little bit of a new normal. You know what I mean? Like it it, it is, you know, it's funny about me not having physical deficits. Like you can't see the things. Um, We had some interesting conversations when I used to run these clubhouse support group rooms and half, you know, some had physical deficits, some had just invisible Right. And it was the same argument on both sides. Those with the physical def- normally a scar or a limp or facial droop, something, their response is, you know, I just wish I didn't have these things. Sure. And then people would treat me differently. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, people like me that don't have any visual issues is, you know, sure. you know, I wish there was something that you could see. Mm-hmm. If you saw this thing, you would know that, that I have this deficit. And what it comes down to is the grass isn't always greener. Well, let me just share something. So I have the physical deficit. I just went to a little woman's little get together, right? And, you know, people are curious. I get it. So I I share a little bit, you know, and I get asked, so why can't you work? (laughs) It doesn't matter that there is the physical deficit that is huge on me I still was like well why can't you work like what why you know and right 
it doesn't matter if you have the deficit or don't have the deficit. There is almost like the generation gap, right? There is a gap between understanding what a stroke survivor has went through and is will continue to go through for the rest of their life. And so they're not going to get it and it's okay. And it doesn't matter if you have the arm or don't have the arm either way. At least we get each other. A hundred percent. And that's that really, that's what it comes down to. Like there was one survivor who had no issues, but like cognitively it was really, really difficult. Sure. And she just kept saying, if I just had some kind of scar, she specifically said Scar and my friend um, Adrian, who has this huge U on her head from her brain surgery. Yeah. And she was she literally said she's like, honey, I have the scar. She's like, people treat me exactly the same. Exactly. Like, it doesn't matter if you have it or not. Ignorant people are ignorant people. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five star review on the Apple podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the Neuro Nerds on the Apple podcast app today. The reality is a normie, people without brain injuries, a normie can only understand so much, right. can only understand so much. We are the only ones that understand, right? So, but there's a difference between, hey, I can't possibly understand the things that you're going through, mm-hmm. but I'm sympathizing. I can only imagine it must be so hard, right? Like, so I'm trying to kind of understand and I'll ask questions, not because I'm being a dick, but I'm asking questions because I'm genuinely curious because I want to learn, understand and grow so I can communicate properly, you know, like an adult human in society. Right. That's a very small percentage. Most people already have their mind made up no matter what it is. So it's useless to even bother talking to them. That's why you're right. It's important. We have each other. We, anytime there's an issue, we can talk. I want to tell the normies, I want to tell the normies, if you really want to understand, Mm -hmm. for me, go around for one day with a 10 pound weight on your leg and try a little weight on your arm and only use one hand for the whole day. Just one hand and you can, it can be your dominant hand. Use your dominant hand all day, but do not allow yourself to use your your other side. That's how you can understand what I lived through. For someone that has invisible disability, I would say stay up about 48 hours straight. And then on the third day, go to work and do a good job. Then you'll understand what we go through on Um, through the brain fatigue and the cognitive and all of that. So when you guys want to understand us, then do the challenge, you know? Right. It's, it's walking a mile in our shoes, which is almost, well, it's not almost, it's absolutely impossible because I've tried to explain it where, you know, you know what it is. It's a lot of comparison. And I understand why it makes normies uncomfortable because they, okay, we all want to connect. We all want to understand. I don't think anybody likes to not really understand. Like if somebody's going through a thing, you can kind of put yourself in that position and vaguely understand with a brain injury. Like you have no idea. So when we say things like, man, this neuro fatigue, it's rough today. A normie will immediately say, oh, well, go take a nap. Right. Just cancel your plans and just sleep. And tomorrow is it doesn't work that way. Like the the best description I have with like neuro fatigue is regular fatigue because there was a dude and he was like, oh, yeah, you're tired. No, no, I get it. And I was like, no, no, you don't get it. He's like, no, no, I get it. You know, I worked 12 hour job and then had to take the kids and pick them up and the wife and, and then I go to the grocery store. And then I go to the gym. and then, Oh, man, I'm exhausted. I was like, yeah, that's cool. I woke up and I got dressed. Right. That that, that laid that me it. out for nine. That, that laid me out for nine hours. Now, right. here, here's the thing. When you do all those things as a normie, you go home, you sleep. 10 hours, 12, whatever you do, you wake up the next day and you're refreshed, right? That's because you were tired. Neuro fatigue, you can literally get dressed and then sleep right afterwards for the next 24 hours. When you wake up the next day, you feel just as fatigued. It doesn't go away. There's no rhyme or reason, really. It has nothing to do with sleep or rest or what you did. Like it doesn't, it makes no sense. Some days I, I tell people this all the time. I can do anything and everything. And at the end of the day, still have energy left over. Mm -hmm. Some days I wake up and I make a cup of coffee and I am done. 
Like I can't process, I can't function, I can't move. It makes no sense. And I've tried to keep like a a track of the things that I've done. Does this exhaust me more? Does this situation, you know, yeah, it's certain dips, certain things will take a little bit more bandwidth, but overall it makes no sense. It's right. gambling. That's what it is. Every morning is like a game. We're like in Vegas. That's what we are. Oh my we're just, gosh. We're in Vegas. And on the good days, <laughs> on the good days, it's like, okay, now I'm going to get this done and this done. Like you're trying to seize that moment. Because yes, because you don't know when you're going to get it again. You don't. You don't know. It's difficult. See, but this this is why we have to talk. This is why I love talking to other survivors because like you get it, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Also, there's nothing like the understanding that another survivor has to another survivor. You know, Absolutely. Um, you know, we've had a couple of amazing conversations where, you know, there's been like some heavy stuff going on in life and you yes. were, you know, I feel blessed enough that you were comfortable enough to share with me. And that's the bond that I talk about that we have to have with one another, you know, find somebody you're comfortable in talking to and just talk. It's so important, you know, because we get it. We get it. Yeah. You know, like I, I saw a meme re- recently. I think I posted, I don't know, I have brain injury. I don't remember. <laughs> so, and it's yeah. like, we're all, we were all recruited to go to um, battle in a war that we did not want to fight. Absolutely. And that, that's what a brain injury is. Like we did not sign up for this. We, yeah. we were recruited <laughs> and we were like, I, I don't want to do this. I just, I, I definitely don't want to do this, but this is just what, what life is, you know? And, and the I- only way to figure it out is to talk to one another. Exactly. And I remember when I finally got approved for brain surgery, which was three years from my bleed. Wow. And they're finally like, okay, this thing isn't going to stop bleeding. It was a cavernous malformation. Um, And so I get approved. And I promise you, the first thing I'm thinking is, I can't wait to talk to Joe because I knew one that you were going to be so excited for me and there wasn't going to be fear and i knew when i told other people in my life they were going to be terrified and i felt like i was going to disneyland like i i get to get this thing out of me because it is draining the life and right what we've said in the beginning of this is one out of four live my bleed kept on bleeding for three years i should not be here and there were days that i was vomiting and so sick and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna wake up tomorrow yeah literally so that surgery was so exciting for me and i was like i'm calling joe and we got on the call and you were so excited for me and even now, even now yes. I'm excited. Yeah. So here's what it is. It's the difference between fear and understanding. Oh, your family and your friends were afraid. Sure. Now, if you think about this brain surgery, oh my God, what if the, like, there's a million what ifs yep. and a lot of people would just be like, oh, I don't think I could do it because there's just too many chances that something might go wrong. Yeah. And th- there's the fear. Yeah. You, you and I. And a lot of us in the community, we don't necessarily fear it like that because, all right, I'll tell you what's truly frightening, living through what we live through on a daily basis. Yeah. That is, this is where people don't understand. People don't understand that, like, I'm sure people are like, well, how are you excited? You're having brain surgery. Yeah. Can't you just take a step back and think, why is somebody excited about brain surgery? How horrible are your day-to-days that brain surgery is like... Let's go. Exciting. Like, let's get it. Yes. And if I would have had to live another three more years of my first three years, I don't know that I would have made it. Right. I'm excited because I did have a brain surgery that it unlocked life in me. It truly did. And it all of a sudden, you know, it took me time to recoup from the brain surgery but it was a victory when I could stay awake for more than five hours without mm. falling asleep. Right. Right. That's know that. huge. <laughs> and I'm seeing that the light huge. come back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's what's interesting about bleeding brains. And I've been saying this much more often because a lot of people still don't know because I didn't know. And it's not just information that they tell you because the system sucks. I started to dip 
I don't want to say setback because I think worlds are powerful. So I started a dip about two years into recovery. And I was really excited because like my trajectory, Betty, I was killing it. Oh, I was killing it physically. Like speaking of the fatigue and falling asleep. Yeah. I stopped falling asleep in the middle of talking. There it is. <laughs> that, was, that was a big deal for me. So around two years, two, three months or so, I started to dip. The neuro fatigue came back with a vengeance. I started to like, I was having a hard time processing and focusing. I was starting to fall asleep. Like it was just bad. All I was thinking is, man, I had this tiny little sample of what like this new life could be. And then it was just snatched away. So I started to get really, really depressed Mm -hmm. and just sad. And it was, it was a lot. Um, You know, we have a really good friendship with uh, Dr. Karen Sullivan from I care for your brain. And Felice was so worried about me. She reached out to her and she said, Hey, she told everything that was going on. When we jumped on a call, she changed my life because when I say I was depressed, I was just, I was just existing again. You know, before my brain injury, I just existed and I'm like, I'm going to live and this is great. And then I'm like, nope, I'm just existing. Nobody understands. I can't, this is just too much. This is life. Like I can't do this. I was just so depressed. And she explained to me what happens to the brain. Your brain doesn't like excess blood. So what happens when you have a bleeding brain? That's a ton of excess blood. So your brain hates it. There's still a certain amount of residual blood. And I say this for you too, just so you understand that your recovery might like take off even more so. Yeah. Cause your brain didn't stop bleeding for like three years, which still blows my mind. Crazy. So that excess blood is still in the brain, whatever they can't suck up. Oh, it sounds weird. Whatever they can't get rid of. Right. It just kind of sits in there. Right. So eventually your brain kind of munches away at it. This is like her description, which is great. Yeah. Your brain munches away at it to get rid of it. Cause it does not like it. That's why you're so tired. That's why you can't process your, your neural connections aren't really connecting because of that. So once it's all gone, that's when everything can kind of start kickstarts and, and, and start happening. Right. Do you want to know how long that process normally takes? Roughly two years. Wow. So you're celebrating your two year brain surgery anniversary, right? Yes. Yeah. Coming up in-, in July. So do me a favor. Start keeping tabs of how you're processing things. Start keeping tabs of how your brain is working. From Mm -hmm. now over the next, I would say several months, just to see if there's a difference because that little bit, that extra residual blood, once that's gone, you know, you might have like little dips and I don't know if it's happened, but over the last couple of months, if you felt like a little bit of a dip, I'd say, whether it be, you know, I'm, I'm more exhausted. I can't process the way I'm overwhelmed or so whatever it is that might like disappear. So, because I had that hit around two years where I was just like, man, I'm so depressed. Everything is happening is awful. Once that was explained to me, it gave me a little bit more understanding and patience. I started to see, oh, I'm exhausted because my brain is actually working the way it's supposed to. And it's tired. It hasn't done it in years. Wow. So that's why I'm so tired. The fatigue was significantly less. I processed significantly better. I was healing. I was truly healing. And it took me about two, almost two and a half years to truly do so. So keep an eye over the next couple months. See, See how you're doing. That information is very important for people who have had blood in their brains. You may dip. It's not permanent. If anything, these things that are reoccurring, oh, I feel like I did early in recovery. No, this might actually be your body and brain actually truly starting to heal. So that's just information we should all have. Yes. And I, I love what you said, being patient in the healing process. And I think so often we want to rush it along. We want to hurry along and get back to whatever we want in our mind that we want it to get back to. But instead of trying to get back, move mm-hmm. forward in patience and towards your healing. Yes. And I'm telling yes. you, you will celebrate that. You will celebrate that. And it's so fulfilling as you heal mentally, physically, spiritually, this stroke will send you on a path to true healing. Preach, Betty. That is absolutely right. The Neural Nerds Podcast has over 200 episodes and counting. So if you're new to the show, you may not know where to begin. That's why we created an episode tour. We'll guide you through some of our favorite episodes and give you a taste of what our show is all about. Sign up for the tour at newsletter.theneuronerds.com forward slash tour, or find the link in our show notes. We hope you enjoy the tour.
So a lot of us get caught in what things were. Yes. Right. Radical acceptance is exactly that. You accept things radically. Just right now, this is just what this is. I didn't do it for a long time and I was in pain. I always say acceptance is freedom. Resistance is pain. And I was constantly resisting early in recovery and I was in a lot of pain. We all want to do the things that we used to be able to do. Here's a reality. Sometimes we might not be able to do those things, at least right now. I don't want to say permanently because nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. There's a survivor I know that didn't move his hand for 23 years. And guess what? His fingers are starting to move. So I don't want to hear this shit about you plateaued at two years. That's not true. Right. It's a lie. So I, I, I say that because this past version of ourselves, this new version of us, Betty, does this have to be lesser than? Not at all. Not at all. No. You and I, I think. Th now, again, this is all mindset. This is all yeah. mindset. You have a choice. You have a choice to, oh, what was me? Betty, you know, I used to. And. Okay. Or, hey, you know what? I might not be able to do certain things that I used to before, but you know what I do have? I have this brand new perspective mm -hmm. on everything. Yeah. I know how close I came to not being here. And you know what? That makes this coffee taste so much better. It makes the light outside so much brighter. It makes dessert that much sweeter. Like it makes these connections we have so much more impactful. Every conversation I have now is a true joy. Like it really is, you know, yeah. where it's just like, oh, you just talk to some people. No, like I don't talk to some people like this right now. This is an energy exchange. And I never experienced that really before. I, I ask a lot of people in the community and the vast majority. And I know it sounds weird. Not everybody will understand this. And I don't know if you feel this. I'll ask you, though. <laughs> yeah. Give me your thoughts on this. I ask if you have an opportunity to go back and never experience any of this stuff and just go live your old life, would you do it? The vast majority say, no, it got me to this point here. Right. I like who I am yeah. and I like who I'm becoming, yes. which just blows my mind. You know, I feel that I existed for 30 plus years of my life. I've only lived for the past six. Yeah. I only truly lived life since my brain injury. I love who I'm becoming. I love our community, which means Betty. Our community means everything, you know, like it's just such amazing. an amazing, like I'd run through a brick wall for anybody. Well, almost anybody of this community. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of you guys, you guys are kind of dicks, you know, but once you heal, I'll run through a brick wall for you. Like, it's, yeah, it's, this is all stuff. so, so you, if you had an opportunity to go back and just reset, you know what, this is a, a branch timeline. I don't want to deal with any of this stuff, but you would just continue living the life path that you were on before your stroke. Would you do that? I would not. That's I would crazy. Not. It's crazy. That's, that's it's crazy. insane. But there's something that happened in my life that happened abruptly. And it, mm -hmm. it wiped out everything. My job, my relationship, my friendships, everything got wiped away. And what I said, what left, what was left was the things that were for the betterment of who I am. And then we started rebuilding from there. We, meaning me, uh, and the Lord, uh, we started building from there. So right. what was meant for me stayed, what wasn't meant for me left. And then this rebuild happened. And who I am today is not who I was five years ago. Right. But this woman today, I'm so proud of. And it sounds crazy. I went to women's conference in March of 2018, two months prior to my stroke. And they said, write down a word that you felt about yourself. Like, what do you say to yourself? And mine, oddly enough, was that I wasn't capable. I always believed that I wasn't capable. And I don't know why I had that. So I was exchanging that word for capable. Well, guess what the stroke showed me? Not only am I capable, I'm capable of the basic, the middle, advanced, like, but I'm going to take this to the next level and prove to myself that I was capable long time ago. It's just right. believing in yourself. And when something really hard happens, 
You have choices, like you said. And when you choose to fight for yourself and for this life, extraordinary things start happening. Right. So our brain injuries, it unlocked something, whatever it was, whatever it was, whatever block we had in the way, whatever barrier, it just knocked that down. And it gave, it's the great reset. And you're right. It is choice. It's choice. You can choose to move forward or you can choose to do the exact same things, you know, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Like, I like this version of me. I don't necessarily like the old version of myself. I've always, I think I try to be a kind person. I can be a little bit of a dick, a little bit. You're sarcastic. That's all. I'm very sarcastic, (laughs) but I genuinely care. Like I, I, I really do. I care. Um, I, have you seen the movie everywhere, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once? No. Oh my God, Betty, by the way, watch that is fantastic. There is like, it, it'll hurt your brain, but it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. There's a character in it, um, Waylon, and he, he says a thing and it makes me cry every single time I see it. And he's like, we, we need to be kind. He's like, despite anything and every, like, we need to be kind, just be kind. And it's a whole thing, but like, that's like, yeah. I think that's the point in life. We just have to be kind. Number one, you never know what somebody's going through. You have sure. no idea, you know, like just yeah. leave people alone, you right. know, focus on you, be kind. And yes. like, look, we live in society. Let's try to help each other out as best we can. That's why I think like what we're doing right now is important. Sharing information. I also make this great. I think it's a great analogy. I say it's great because I came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> how, how arrogant is that? But if you look at recovery, right? As like a puzzle, because it is, yes. what do you do with a puzzle when you normally put it together? You have like the outline, right? Absolutely. You get all the easy straight pieces and you put it together. So yeah. that's what doctors have and yeah. books and you read this stuff and they have a bit of an outline for what recovery is. That big piece in the middle, we have no idea what that is. So like we struggle to figure that out. We only like you and I, we only have a certain amount of pieces, right? That we right. can put together and none of it really makes sense. When we connect with other survivors, when we talk to other people, they have the pieces that we don't have. Right. And they give us all these pieces to put this puzzle of recovery together. So that's why it's essential that like we connect with others and share stories. I love that you're so open about the things that you say. Oh, by the way, your Instagram stories, I love all of them. Super inspiring. I love seeing it. It's not only for me, but I know the impact that it has on our community. You know, because people are looking at you and saying, oh, this can be done. Yes, it can be done. Because that's what you're showing. Yes. You're showing it's not impossible. It's not. If you keep at it, none of this stuff is perfect. Right. None of it is perfect. Some days better than others, you know, and you show it all. And I like really, really appreciate that. Is it difficult for you to be that open in your recovery? I was looking for that when I was going through recovery. I was looking for that person that was that open. And you're probably the, that person that is the most open that I have found. Um, so I needed to be what I desired. What I desired to find when I was like, I just had a stroke. What do I do? Um, and I don't want all the pretty things. And that's why I try to be really real on my Instagram. I struggle too. I know I'm smiling. I know I'm joyful. And and I am. I truly am. Did I struggle? Absolutely. Are there days that I'm like, I still am not happy with this body I'm in? Absolutely. I want to jump. I want to cartwheel. I want to, you know, be a fool, you know, like I still think I'm young, you know, all those good things. But I know that I am being that puzzle piece for someone else and being vulnerable to, to share, really share, not just the pretty thing. Um, so I just feel like it's kind of my duty and it's what I was looking for. So if that's what I was looking for, then I, I need to be that. Yeah. And I love that you be what you wanted. That's why I started this podcast Yes. early. I didn't have anybody to relate to and everything. I was going to be honest. The stuff that was out there was so depressing. Oh, oh my God, Betty. So depressing. It was a lot. 
it was a lot. And I'm not saying, look, I've grown in my few years. I used to be, and I, I got called out by my co-host. I was super toxically positive okay. because she hit me with the line that changed my recovery. She was like, Joe, are you genuinely this positive? Or are you sure. just so afraid of the negative that you're running from it? Oh. And I was like, oh, damn, God, oh. what? <laughs> I was like, what? So I thought about it and I was like, oh, I need to do something different, mostly because I do care about our community so much. And it was around that time that a couple of survivors hit me up and they were really down and they were like, you know, I'm just, I wish I was doing as good as you. And I remember I would post stuff and I would, after I would post stuff, I would just crumble. I would just right. be this like, just mess. Cause I wasn't doing as well as I was putting out. So I realized like, who am I helping? I'm not helping myself. And right. I don't think I'm helping other people because people are looking at me saying, oh, that's life goals. And I'm like, dude, I am barely getting through my days. Sure. So it really helped me shift. And yeah. OK, I can share these negative things because they're just moments in time. This isn't permanent. This is just how I'm feeling right now. Right now. What am I going to do right after that? Be my normal idiot self. So it's a balance. It's a balancing. It's act, a balance. you know? And it's not easy. Like you were saying, be kind but mostly be kind to yourself. We're very hard on ourselves. We <laughs> so hard. So hard on ourselves. And I should be able to do this. I should be this. By whose standard? By who told you these things? Yeah, it's and, that little person that you have on you. It's that, you know, like there's a little, the devil and the angel. Yeah. Oh man, my little devil. He's not a little guy. He's a big grown ass man on my shoulder. Right. And it's, it's so crazy because as much as I say these, I never want to be the do as I say, not as I do kind of guy. Right. I always wanted to be, Hey, I can do it. So, so can you, when it comes to self-talk, I am the worst. I'm the worst. I try like what's helped a little bit is, Hey, if somebody was telling you this, what would you tell them? Right. right? And I'm such a dick to myself. Like when I have like little dips, I'm like, oh, Joe, you idiot. Oh, you're so dumb. You're you're awful. You're terrible. Where I'm like, would I ever say that to somebody in the community? No, I would be like, wait, what are you talking about? You're amazing. This yeah. is a little hiccup. This like I would be really, really kind. So still today, I struggle with that the most. OK, so I need you to write that on your wall. Be kind <laughs> to yourself. And that is something that we need um, to, to be patient with ourselves, to be kind to ourselves. It's okay to be a different person, but the essence of who you are is still there. And like, I like to joke. I like to play around. I, you know, I'm also very serious. I love business, all those type of things. But the essence of who I am has not changed. Right. Now, how I do things in my life has changed, and that's okay. I It shows how adaptable we are as well. That's what it's about. It's adapt, adjust, or I don't know. I always say adapt, adjust, or die. I don't want to say die. I don't want to say that. So, like, <laughs> adapt, adjust, or just stay still. And that, or to me... Be the same every single day, and then don't sh about it. Like <laughs> <laughs> You can say it. You can say Betty. That. You can say like, bad words. Like, Betty, you can say bad word. Go ahead. Say I do it, say sometimes. It. Do it. <laughs> I felt comfortable with you, Joe. No, but that's true, though. Yeah. Adapt, change, or stay the same, but don't bitch about it. Right, right. Because Look, the, the thing choice. is, your choice, 100%. I think, and I have, I've kind of always felt this, but I think like I truly feel it in my soul now. We need to grow. Yes. As people, like we need to grow. Don't stay the same. Grow. Right. Even if you're like, man, this is like peak me. I am. I can't get any better. No, you can. You, you can, can learn more. You can empathize more. You can learn. You know what I mean? Not once are you, you know, I think I've educated myself enough. <laughs> no, there's always something else to learn. And I say this to people constantly. If you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You need to be around people who have knowledge that you don't. That's the only way we're going to grow as people in recovery, in business, in friendships and family ships. You know, we have to keep on growing. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us, too, and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, 
then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuro nerds. Now, I love comfort. Yeah. I just want to be comfortable. I've been yeah. uncomfortable my entire life. I just want to be comfortable. I don't say that to be like, well, I'm not going to keep pushing forward. No, I just want to have that comfort so I can continue to grow instead of just being in survival mode. Because I think right. I've been in survival mode most of my life. Yeah. A lot of people just get comfortable and they just don't want to do anything else. You know, right. like I've met enough people. I've learned enough things. <laughs> I've done enough therapies. It's like, no, like we we have to keep growing as people and learning. That's why I'm always curious and I always ask questions and like, I want to know, like I genuinely want to know. I have a question that I ask people now yes. instead of the, hey, what do you do? What What is, what, who, who the fuck cares really? Right? Right. Most right. people hate their job. Right. What school did you go to? Who cares? Who has that much school pride? So right. I ask people now two questions and sometimes it's the same thing. And sometimes it's, it's different. What makes you happy and what energizes you? Those are two yeah. things I ask, you know, because I think that's really important in life and it cuts through a lot of the bullshit small talk. So you get to know people. So I could be talking to like a business exec, right? And I'm like, so what makes you happy? You know, music. Yeah. Not just listening, but creating it's, oh, you're a musician. And then you get into like this different dialogue. Yeah. Eddie, what energizes you? What makes you happy? Now, when I say what makes you happy, it could be anything. It could be friends, family, or whatever. What sure. energizes you is, you know when you're exhausted and you just can't do anything? What's that yep. thing that's going to get you out of bed and you're going to be like, yeah, let's go? The thing that energizes me when people talk about what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And when I'm hearing someone talk about what they're passionate about, I'm on board. That energizes me. Because I'm like, yes, you can do that. Let's 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 create a plan. You know, that's the business side of me. So this is your dream. What do we need to do to get to that? That right. energizes me. And that's probably why I became a certified life coach after stroke, because I want people to move towards what they're passionate about. We were working jobs prior to the stroke. I was working a job. I loved my job. I loved my job. I I did it really well. And I had vision, like I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna be a VP and I'm gonna have an area and I'm gonna do all this stuff, right? And then it was like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> and you'll never go back. So I had to create a whole new life and I had to take what I had and put it into something that energizes me. I've never been this energized about even a job that I loved a lot. I loved it a lot. But this working with people to get them to tap back into what energizes them, what, what they are passionate about, really does that does it for me. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Isn't it incredible? You know what it is? You and I... I fancy us as both very kind people. Thank we, you. and the thing is, it's not just, okay, I've met more than a few people in the community. We're like, oh, you're kind. And then you get to know them. It's like, oh no, you work really hard mm -hmm. to come across as kind. Right. <laughs> it's, it's weird. So I've said this a lot. Fake spontaneity. Yeah. looks like fake spontaneity. You know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. musicians, if they go out and they just did this thing spontaneous, like, oh man, that was dope. As opposed to the musicians who go out and they're like, oh yeah, you could tell that was like a planned moment. Cause it looks like it was meant to look like it was just spur of the moment. Sure. There's an energy. People are like that, you know? Yes. And this is why you have to kind of get to know people, like yes. really get to know them, ask them questions, get, get what their injury is. So you and I have the same energy. Like what you see is kind of what you get. Right. Absolutely. I'm a shitty actor. Like I really am. This is just it. When you yeah. meet me in person, Betty, this, this is it. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm the same too. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah. I can't be two people. It's yeah. We don't even have the energy capacity for that. I wouldn't even be it's, able to remember like, what, how did I exhausting? I couldn't it's exhausting so, being this. <laughs> yeah. This is it. This is what you get. And whatever you think of me is what it is like. Right. Yeah. So when we connect with other survivors and when we help other survivors, that is an energy exchange. And that is a moment like in our recoveries that's so special because we genuinely want to help other people. 
Yes. You know, I don't want to say I wasted a chunk of my life because I kind of feel like you shouldn't have regrets like that. I, I it was preparation, Joe. Oh, I like that. See, reframing. If you didn't have that to look back on, you mm-hmm. wouldn't know like how good it is today. The All contrast. The, nothing is lost. Nothing is for nothing. You know, when you look back, you know where you don't want to go. You're like, I'm not going to just exist. And I definitely are. I'm not going to live in survival mode anymore. Right. And I lived in survival too. And that is not living. You're literally no. just trying to get through the day. You're existing. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's existence. We didn't survive what we went through to just exist. We right. survived to live, to truly live. Right. And even more so than that, help other people not go through the things that we went through. Like how arrogant and selfish would it be to keep all this amazing information we have to ourselves? No, no, no. We have to share it. You know, we have to. The last thing in the world I want is for somebody to suffer the way that I suffered, you know, Absolutely. because we're kind people. Yeah. And genuine kind people. You have the playbook, right? Who are you to keep that to yourself and watch other people struggle? There's no way that I'm going to, I have the playbook, but I'm going to sit back and watch you struggle through the things that I could assist you with, help you with guide you with i would rather do that and talking about the young ends <laughs> we have to even take them under our wings to yeah. say you know what let's start living now yes you're yeah. 20 you have lots of energy you think you're living but i don't ever want you in survival mode so let's talk about what your passions are what energizes you and let's get you there so by the time you're 30 you're thriving yes yes i'll tell you the people that have the, the playbook that don't want to share it i'll tell you what they are Tommy. dicks you're dick you're dick <laughs> don't be a dick share this information you know <clears throat> now the thing is too the other side has to be willing absolutely you can't force this stuff on people who aren't ready i i've had some some friends some really good friends i want all of my good friends to grow with me because that's what i want to do i want us all to win desperately sometimes we'll get into arguments because i realize maybe over the last year not everybody is ready to grow so the arguments like what are you talking about like let's go They're just not ready. They're not packed. They're not comfortable. They want to check the locks. Like they're just, they're not ready. The other side, we're here. Betty and I, we're always here to like help. So I am a psychopath. I reach out to people all the time because I'm a weirdo. But you guys out there, anybody that's listening, if you want any kind of help, any kind of understanding, any type of connection, please reach out. We're both kind people. Absolutely. I think so. I mean, I I would say Betty's a little bit nicer. Again, the sarcasm, a little bit of a dick. But not in a bad way. Okay, so you're sarcastic, and I'm just, I have like this little sweetness to me. So, but some people don't like it that sweet. Right, people are the worst. That's, no, no, like we all have our preferences. And I say this, find your people. You know what I mean? Find people who you're comfortable with. Yeah, it's like your coffee. Some people like it really sweet, and other like, no, I need need that flavor. I need that boldness. So- That's the contrast of Joe and Betty right there. Yeah. yeah. So some people like Starbucks, like animals. Some people like a good cup of coffee with a little (laughs) bit of sweetness. And then some people like their coffee black. I call those people psychopaths. But to each their own, you know, to each each their own. Look, we're we're, um, always uh, here to help. I I mean that, too. Like, Betty, you're such a sweet person. I'm so glad we connected on this journey. Like, sincerely, like I, I really do. And we've been meaning to do this for a long time. I'm so happy we were able to do it. Um, And if you wanted to reach out to Betty, how would they do so? Stronger than stroke. And if you want to DM me, do it on Instagram. I am on TikTok and I am on YouTube. So get prepared to see some things grow because I want to help more uh, survivors. Yes. And I'm here to help that in any way possible. So definitely reach out to Betty. Her information will be in the show notes. If you wanted to attempt 
to reach out to my beautiful, tiny ass-kicking co-host Lauren, you can at Lauren L. Manzano on Instagram. You can absolutely reach out to me at Joso Rocks on all the socials. You can reach out to us at the Neuro Nerds everywhere. <laughs> hey, it's been a beautiful energy exchange. Like, really, it sounds so hippie, but like, it's the truth. You're such a genuine person. You inspire so many out there. And I just love who you are as a person. I love you as a person, as a friend. I'm so beyond thankful for you. Obviously, I'm going to have you on the show again at some point. So we'll Thanks. talk about this, that, and the other, because this is just great. This is just great. Yeah. It's just fun. There's, there's this, so much more. There's so there's much so more. So much, so much. Yeah. This, this is energizing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I am energized, you know? And on that energizing note, this neuro nerd is out. Man, buddy, that was dope. That was so cool. Thank you for Thank being you. on. You're amazing. I'm your average everyday Joe. <laughs> but you rock, Joe. But I, you rock. I so rock. You do. Neuro Nerds. 